Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 479 of the JV Club with my wonderful guest, Desmond Borges. I worked with Des for five years on You're the Worst, and it was such a joy. I miss that man, so it was so wonderful to get to sit down over Zoom and have a chat with him. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. There is so much Des has done since You're the Worst that you should check out. So listen to the episode and give all of that a look as well. And if you are listening to this on the day or on the weekend that this dropped, which is the first weekend of August, I will be in Chicago at C2E2. So hopefully I will see some of you there. I seem to have recovered from my COVID and uh, I cannot wait to get back out into the world safely, responsibly and with lots of love for, uh, boy, anybody who's had it in the last couple of years. It was my first time getting it. No, thank you. No, thank you. All right. Enjoy this episode with Des. So it took the rest of the month for your sense of taste to come back. Oh, yeah. Like I had four days of chills, body aches. Temp that was just hanging around 102, 103. And then at the end of day four, like all of that really subsided. And then the next morning I woke up and went to go have some orange juice. And I was like, oh, I can't taste this. That's weird. So I go to blow my nose, you know, like one does when uh-huh. you're dealing with any sort of sinus anything yeah. to kind of help move things around so you can taste things. And uh, I made an espresso and I could not smell it while it was being made. And then I tried to taste it and I was like, oh, no. So for like the next like 48 hours, I wasn't hungry at all, but I was trying to taste anything that I could taste. Yes. So there was like and I was in Portland, Maine at the time, which has like a bevy of opportunity of really tasty things. Like if you like if you like fresh fish, they got it. You like great baked goods. They got it. You like beer. They got it. You know? Yeah. And so like. I'm ordering stuff to the hotel room going wild and crazy and I can't taste anything. And then about four days into that, I had like an avocado left from one of my Whole Foods delivery orders. And I was like, all right, right. I'm not really hungry, but I should eat something. Let's have this boring ass avocado. Just I'll just mash this <laughs> avocado into my and face. Just throw, yeah. throw it down my gullet. And I sprinkled a little yeah. salt on it and I <sighs> popped the fork in put it in my mouth and I immediately tasted the salt and I was like, Oh fuck. And that was by far the tastiest avocado I've ever had in my life. Okay. Let me say this. Mm -hmm. And I recognize that I'm saying this as a white girl in California, (laughs) but I'm also a girl who grew up semi near the border in Tucson, Arizona and ate Mexican food every day and celebrated all the Mexican holidays because that's it's a very uh, wonderful cultural city, Tucson. Um, The avocado, I'm true to the avocado, ride or die. Mm -hmm. And I will say I make and eat guacamole an average of four times a week. Mm. Um, The fact that you got your sense of taste back and the first thing that you had was a salted avocado makes me so proud and so happy because that's what I would want my first taste to be back oh really mm-hmm uh-huh. like if the like I think if I could choose what's the first bite you want to take knowing that you got your sense of taste back I yeah. would say guacamole 
Wow. Well, I'm 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 glad that that synced up for for us on this because yeah. imagine if I had said like you know spaghetti and meatballs, you'd have been like, oh, I'd that's like, not so interesting. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> I'm bored. What else? <laughs> but and then literally for the next month, it was like every day it would slowly progress more and. I was like really attracted to not that I'm not always I like salty things in general, but like I was craving salts, I would Hmm. eat saltier things. And I think uh, part of that was also because I could really taste the salty things. It was sweet things that I was still not getting. Hmm. And I wasn't getting sour for the longest part. Isn't that interesting? You would think that salty and sour would be the first things that would come back because we associate them as being very strong, right. like even stronger than sweet. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, I've I've been going through this thing where I just wasn't eating a lot of fresh fruit. And I'm going to go ahead and say this and just own it. Um, <laughs> but like at some point when I started doing like when I was going through the like in my 30s cheat day, like. I'm just going to eat things that I want on cheat day and I'll just be real, I'll eat really lean. And I was already gluten free because of my stupid thyroid. Mm. Um, And so I just stopped eating fresh fruit because I would always be like, oh, there's so much sugar in this. Um, And at some point I I like all of that fell off. But the habit of not eating fruit continued, except Mm. for like blueberries. For some reason, blueberries made it back in. Lately, when I've been traveling, I've been craving fruit, especially, and I feel like this is so stupid, but I feel like my body craves a different kind of fruit every time I go somewhere and it's never the same one. So I've really been enjoying wondering, like when I was on this uh, nerd cruise, um, I wanted pears. Like I just kept eating. And of course, I'm sure that was prompted by the fact that they had delicious, juicy pears. And that was one of the things that they offered. But then, and then, like when I was in Toronto, like I really wanted, like I ate a nectarine every night. Ooh, What's that? I don't, doctor. I, I well, go ahead uh, and go ahead and diagnose that. Good luck. In my in my years of study, um, uh-huh. you know, um, <laughs> when I was just a baby doctor, um, uh-huh. no. that's right. I forgot you delivered babies yeah, uh, yeah. for women all over the world. Yeah. That's great, um, baby doctor. Sure. You know, I mean, it, it was just a, it was a side gig in between. You're the worst seasons. I just deliver a few babies here and there. Um, oh boy. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, I wonder I, the thing is about fruit, right? That I think in general is it depends on A, if it's in season, and B, if it's pitted or not. Mm, okay. The, All right. The, the types of fruits, and since you're a lover of avocado, it falls completely into yes, this indeed. category. When it's ripe and it has a yeah. pit, it's like the same thing of having meat with a bone on it that you, yeah. like, there is more flavor injected into it. And it really yeah. makes one crave it, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, I never thought about it that way, but you're so right. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of like other, other fruit. Yeah. Huh, that that aren't necessarily I guess a really crazy. good apple, but again, apples are. Did you know? You know what? My sweetie told me this, uh, and I had never known this before, and I'm sure this is like common knowledge. But did you know that there could have been, and there used to be, like a ton of banana varieties in the same way that we have apple varieties? But Dole, at some point in the distant past, was like, no, this is the most like cost effective banana. This is the banana that grows the best for us. We own everything. So this will be the banana that people get. 
it could have been like apples. It could have been like, I like Brayburn bananas. I like Macintosh bananas. I like Envy banana. You know what I mean? That's the that's the quintessential embodiment of narrow minded American <laughs> capitalism at its finest. Why I would know. you not give us the option? I know. Right. See, like, you know, my Latino people have plantains as well so I there's know, at least that plantain. variety and plantains are so great and right. pla- there's differences in the plantains i feel like that we get you can sort of tell like oh this is does seem sweeter and this is more of like a savory and right we could have had something just like that why would you not want that why would in a land that has so many options that we've given that we've riddled people with anxiety about yes, what they should yes. choose whenever they go to consume <laughs> yes. something why would yes. we not jump onto that train with just I a simple banana because i I know i would like like a mango infused banana every once in a while that sounds like that would you know smooth it's it's smoothie and appeal it's a it's a smoothie and appeal which a banana is kind of a smoothie and appeal already yeah you want to throw in another hint of fruit here and there fuck yeah man all right. Oh, we don't have to keep talking about fruit forever uh, on my fruit podcast. Welcome to the fruit podcast, everybody. All fruit, all the time. Yeah. Let's get stoned. Fruit. Okay. So you just alluded to your Latino roots. Let's let's frame where you grew up. Where were you a teenager, my dear friend? Oh, well, that was in Houston, Texas. I was there from when I was 10 till I was 18, which was a... A uh, very odd time in my life, but I feel like that's an odd time in anyone's life because 10 moving from Chicago, where I was originally from, to Texas around that, that time. Shift. It's a huge cultural shift. I was wearing like MC Hammer gecko pants and like a really big Chicago Bull sweatshirt. And I yeah. talked like a younger version of whatever I sound like right now. Uh-huh. And that is nothing like anything that anybody in Houston, Texas sounded or looked like at that yeah. time. So I felt uh, like an incredible outcast the entire time I was there. And then, you know, you go into your teenage years, which... I, you know, I, I, I don't think that was Houston's fault that I was there feeling awkward during my teenage years, but it definitely didn't uh, di- didn't help make them smoother. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like every I have so many friends who hail from Houston and they're some of the most creative, funny. Like they're like, I can't I don't. And when I say, oh, I should I derive anything about Houston itself by like how great and funny you are? Everyone to the person is like, no, <laughs> nope, no, no. That's why I left. Like, it's very, mm-mm, no. <laughs> Although I have, uh, to be fair to the city of Houston, I have heard that things have changed quite a bit after. Yeah, they probably have. After Katrina, there was quite a few uh, refugees coming in. They were starting mm-hmm. to. Uh, open things up and it's it was already the fourth largest city in the country so and things have God, been isn't that something things have been Thanks. booming all over the place the food scene started to boom well, that's good. You know, so yeah. I, po- positive things i have heard from it i mean from my experience there the things that i'm grateful that houston taught me um about good barbecue about mm-hmm. different varieties of of barbecue because you know you've got you know, St. Louis, you've got, you know, yeah, you know, Texas, where it's, it's everything smoked all the time. Nashville's a little yeah. different, but you've got people making all different types of barbecue there. Um, I really started, it was 
I come from a big sports town. I come from a sports background and Houston's a very big sports town, uh, sure. especially, I mean, Texas in general with football. It's like, yeah. you know, Friday and Saturday church before church on Sunday. So totally. you know, that was right up my alley. Um, and then, you know, um, like tornadoes. <laughs> I, you know like it, it's it, it's and it's weird to say that because like they're like a phenomenal thing to watch they are scary oh my god all, for sure as all hell for but, sure but they happen so often there that yeah. it's like lightning storms in north carolina or it's like yeah. hurricanes in miami you know you they're you get used to them they become less scary and then you start finding like beautiful moments when you're in them and around them and uh, even when you watch one swirl right past your house which i've did a number of times oh yeah. my gosh yeah. i've never been close to one and i can only think of one time i even was in the same place as it like in uh, georgia there was one um far super far away and i was like this is a, this is the first time i've ever seen i've been like on the ground it's not that far away from a tornado. Everything else I've seen has been in television or in movies. Yeah, which you know, I they did a they did a damn good job in Twister. Okay, those tornadoes uh -huh. looked real AF. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I did. I mean, that, I loved that movie. Like many people, I definitely was like, you have that. It's one of those movies where for just two hours, suddenly you're like, maybe I should become a <laughs> tornado chaser. Like, they make it seem so cool. Wasn't meant to be. Wasn't no. meant to be. Was the high school you went to um, a public school or was it a private school? Where'd you go? No, it was. I was in the um, Sci Fair District in Houston. Um, I went to a high school. Short for Science Fair, I assume. Yes, yes. Everything. Okay, all, all science all the time. No, totally, uh -huh. to totally public, huge school, like uh, 1,100 kids in my class, over 5,000 kids in the high school. Wow, that um, is big. I thought you would say 1,100 kids in the school. No, no. We were. Okay. We, we, we were were huge you know there was plenty of boosters throwing money around kind of sure. all over the place one thing that i will and this is when george w bush was governor of texas before he became governor of america uh -huh. um, you know and uh, i one thing that he was always about as governor of texas after he took over from ann richards was continuing the model of giving every single student in the state of texas who was in the public school system every single opportunity to succeed as they possibly could um that might be the only positive thing you ever hear me say about George <laughs> W. Bush. Um, but, you know, so there, yeah, it, it, it was plentiful. No matter what we were sort of into in high school, there were resources for it. And you, they really, you know, uh, you know, our theater program was thriving, That's football, great. basketball, you know, and then you're in the South. So there's like other, you, you know, there's, other things that like other places in high school don't necessarily have, you know, like 4-H and things like mm -hmm. that, where they like really like go for it. And you like you go out there and you see them like they have their own animals and they're taking care of their own animals. And, you know, I yeah. so, I, you know, it, it was it was diverse within that sense um, and, and and plentiful. So that that was nice. That's great. Yeah. No, that really is great. And I'm yeah. glad that you, you know give credit where credit's due it can remind people that like everyone has the capacity to 
make good choices. You know what I mean? For looking out for other people. Um, everyone can. Uh, <laughs> we don't always do it. Uh, sometimes the same person doesn't always do it. But yeah, I mean, I think like, you know, just just being in a place where a, a, a public school has that much to offer is unfortunately like it's one of those things that feels very bittersweet to hear about because you know it's like I hear it and I'm like oh that's so great and then there's just this because both my parents were high school teachers mm. um the refrain of like and and why can't everyone have that like right. what what and what and wh- wait a minute and what's the reason again that no one that we don't all deserve the same education no matter what we were born into like what's why is that not a thing the thing is <laughs> you know? we we could all we could all have that they just choose they whoever they is quotation they the bigger they they just choose yeah. not to make that they choose not to equitably divide it i guess is yeah. a because what you were in arizona then mm-hmm. and so since both of your parents were high school teachers did they ever teach you or was there a rule that you weren't allowed to be taught by your parents in class no rule uh and i did go to the high school that my dad taught at and he was my senior honors english teacher oh wow Uh all right so so walk us walk us through (laughs) senior honors english Uh, with dad first of all i've done way too many episodes of this podcast i don't think i've talked about it in quite a while but Anybody who's a longtime listener is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun. You guys had a good time. Great. Whatever. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, it, the thing that I sort of say when that comes up to in conversation with people is like, if my dad had been a different kind of like if like it sort of goes in a circle because it's like, well, I it was an easy class for me because I was a really good English student. I really mm. loved reading. And I loved writing. And my dad was a very passionate teacher. Also, everyone knew from anyone who was in my freshman honors class, we all knew we were headed for Phil Varney. Oh. So it was like, you know what I mean? You have four years to get used to the idea of like, yeah. I guess Janet's dad's going to be our teacher when we're seniors. So um, so everyone was like just kind of used to that. Um, and then also because my dad's an English teacher, it's probably the reason why I'm so good at that subject. So mm-hmm. I, if, I, if I say like, well, if he was my math teacher, I'd really be in trouble. But it's like, I don't know. If he was a math teacher, I might have... I might be better at math, <laughs> you know, like go, like leading up to having him as a teacher. I probably would have been met. Then maybe I would have been great in that class. Sure. Um, but my dad's very cool. He's a very cool teacher and, and very passionate and like very funny. And um, my the the thing that I that's makes I think is the best example of um, what he did was he, for example, like when we read the Canterbury Tales, mm-hmm. he had a version that was contemporary. Um, it was old by the time I got to be a senior, but it still worked, which is the Strawberry Tales, which was Daryl Strawberry. Was oh. Everybody was on a pilgrimage on an escalator to see Daryl Strawberry play baseball, oh, wow. and the escalator broke. And instead of just walking up the escalator, everyone just stands and waits for the escalator to start moving again, and they all entertain each other with stories. So he sets it in this contemporary setting and then divided us into groups, and we had to come up with a character who would be going to the baseball game Mm. create that character they would have a prologue and then that person would have to have a tale and then they would tell the tale so it was like awesome do you know what i mean he always went the extra mile to like make it very fun for people i want to go back and take that (laughs) honors english class what was i do kind of feel like i peaked i feel like as a student (laughs) and writer i may have peaked my senior year it's very sad it's very very sad oh wow Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. 
Hey there, quick favor to ask. Will you help us out by taking a five-minute survey at MaximumFun.org survey? As you know, most of the support for MaxFun comes directly from folks like you, but many of our shows and our network also rely on limited advertising for some revenue. This survey helps us attract advertisers that are a good fit for the audiences of our shows, and it helps many of our hosts secure a bit of extra income. It should only take a few minutes to complete, and you'll get a discount at MaxFun store when you do. That's MaximumFun.org survey. Thanks. You said that you were a sports kid. Um, were you playing in high school? Were you part of a team? Yeah, you know, I played baseball and basketball primarily um, competitively, I don't know, since I was like five, six years old. You know, I also, when I was in Chicago early on, I played hockey. I also, we played bowling. You know, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I, Puerto Rican, Italian, and Greek. And, you know, in Chicago, everybody during the 80s was either in a Tuesday or Thursday night bowling league. And so there would be, they would uh, throw a couple of legs, uh, lanes, legs. They throw a couple of legs to the side. (laughs) (laughs) It was was different times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but they throw lanes to the side for the kids who were there with the parents and they would have their own bowling league. So I did bowling for a little while. Um, I played football one year when I was in eighth grade uh, in Houston, Texas. And the very first time I took a snap at quarterback because I had a good arm. I played third base, you know, and oh, catcher nice. yeah. for like the entirety yeah. of my baseball career. Um, even though I played multiple positions, those were like the two spots that I, I you know, kind of excelled at so yeah, they put they, they asked me you know you want to take a center you want to take a snap under center i was like yeah i'll try it and uh, uh a, a buddy of mine who i've been playing baseball with forever who is pretty fantastic playing safety and uh came in and lit me up so hard oh. from behind i didn't even know that oh, he was no. there i got Blitzed. the yeah i got the wind knocked out of me and as soon oh, as no. i got up Mm-mm. from that i was like yeah this is the last year that i will ever be playing football no doubt getting the wind walked knocked out of you sucks i don't like that's it. not a good feeling i don't like getting hit it's just <laughs> it, you, you know like in, in it, <laughs> yeah you know yeah uh, Contact and con- con- the small amounts of contact in baseball and the contact, steady contact that happens in basketball was more than enough for me. Yeah. And, you know, you, you find ways and strengths to use it and, you know, uh, continue, you know, it, it wasn't like you're getting like, slammed to the ground yes. to where it's like you better f- you bet like you don't want to be in a sport where someone's like you better muster everything you've got to get off you know what i mean like that like football and boxing and rugby oh. Oh. but even i guess i mean Lacrosse. with hockey there's only so much you can do to someone like it's yeah. hard it's i guess that's why those fights break out cuz it's so hard to really get to anyone so yeah. we're sort of paddling yeah. at each other in all yeah. their gear but i played hockey as like a 5 year old it's like yeah. It's like, you know, my, my, my son, who's six now, uh, did a bit of soccer two years ago. He loves to run. He absolutely loves to run. I I knew it. When when I I knew I was going to see you, I was like, oh, 
when we get when when his son comes up, this is going to be that's going to be the real like oh. splash of cold water of like yeah. just how long it's because been. he was such he was he was such a little dude when we were on set for You're the Worst. I mean, I think yeah. the I I think I don't even think we got to him being three before we wrapped. No, I don't think so. So somewhere in the twos, and they're such yeah, two. they're such little cute little cute little humans. Then right now, yeah. I mean, he's he he's such a he's growing into like such a. Such a really funny little dude. Uh, oh, I love yeah. that. He like tells he like tells jokes and uh, he's got oh. like such a great sense of humor and he loves oh. he loves to be outside and he loves to run. So we thought, and his name's Massimiliano. You know, I we named a soccer star without knowing yep. we were naming. First season, first game, too much running, Dad. Wait, and I was like, but you but it's a lot of running. It's a lot of running. When you really break it down, you're like, oh, so soccer is just running just, for hours. Yeah. And he's like, you know, then the, he's not the ball's not always there. So there wasn't enough like action going on with totally the, get it. Totally wi- get it. Within the running for him. So it, you yeah. know, it's um it's funny. Five year old me on skates playing hockey. Oh, yes. It's yeah, yeah, just yeah. the exact same thing yes. as my son this year in like peewee baseball. Got like, it. The ball gets hit and I'm a, I, I was actually an assistant coach on his team. I loved every, every oh, moment of great. it. It was so awesome. Oh, and, um, and they all just run towards the ball. And it's like, it, it's like, Sorry, I know that was loud in the mic, but they no, all no, run, they all run into each other and no one gets the ball. And that's basically what five-year-old that's me was so doing cute. in hockey, going for the puck the entire oh. time. You just kind of run it. It's a lot of just running into each other. I mean, um, that must be like so joyful in the moment. I mean, obviously you're also coaching. So you're like, if, if you could just, but like, that's also so cute. It is. I, you know, and it's funny because you have like, you have parents on the sideline and uh, you know, God bless parents. They always, we, we, cause I am part of them always have an opinion of how things could go more smoothly or right. things like that. And, you know, one of them was asking me, are you ever going to teach like the exacts of baseball? And um, uh, one thing that's pretty funny, I had to take a three hour online course before I was even allowed to step on the field and, okay. and coach these boys. Um, I had to take CPR class, which I was thankful for because I oh, never good. really I need done a reason that for someone to push me into taking another CPR class. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, a lot of the a lot of this like three hour uh, you know, seminar basically was to kind of prepare you for dealing with everything else other than really teaching baseball, you know, cause the things, yeah. the, the, the things that they want them to learn at that early of an age is you, when you, you hit the ball, right. You drop the bat mm-hmm. immediately. You don't take it with you. You don't throw it at anyone and you run to first base. <laughs> that's, that's all you do on. That's all you do on offense. And then on, on defense, when the ball's hit, you get the ball and you throw it to first base. And if they right. can just master those sort of things yes. while they're and the primary function is just to make sure that they are enjoying themselves so that they come right. back and continue to learn and continue to grow. Um, right. As long as they, you know, those three things are the things you're focusing on. You've done your job. And I kept on having to explain that to different parents along mm. the season mm-hmm. um, with. And like, this is all we're focusing on next year when they're six and going into seven, 
we start learning about other things, seven into eight, you really start, you know, getting into the fundamentals. They're much better at, you know, holding the bat. There's a different type of pitching that's happening for them. We're learning how to slide more often. So you get more into the fundamental stuff right now. We're just making sure no one gets hit in the face with a baseball bat Uh and that everyone has fun. Like that's all, that's all I'm looking for on Saturday afternoons right now. I love it. Yeah. I, you're so right. Just letting go of the bat and running. I oh. I can abs. Every part of me is like, wait. I remember being a kid, and I remember like the confusion and excitement of like maybe running with the bat. That feels very that like really struck a chord in me. I was like, wait. I think I might have been a kid who had a hard time learning that a lot of them do i you know i was like i was like throwing underhand pitches to them in our first practice just like getting let, letting everyone sort of get used to what we were going to be doing um and i would say half the kids on that team as soon as they hit the ball i would have to jump off my knee and jolt <laughs> down the line and like <laughs> gently take the bat out of their hands as they're running as fast as their little five-year-old legs can make them to oh, the fir- so to, to first base. And it was, it was, it, it was challenging. The first one was challenging, but after that, oh, they, they sure. picked up on it pretty quickly. Okay. Two quick things. Number one, mm-hmm. do you think that you're going to want to continue? Like, will you follow, like if he wants to do that again mm-hmm. do you want to would you volunteer yourself to continue your career as an assistant coach like yes. learning those things because the way you were describing it I was like it kind of sounds like like I kind of want to see assistant coach Des who's doing all of these phases you know what I mean along alongside because yeah. I'm sure you'd be great at all of them thank you I appreciate that yeah I don't really consider myself um a great I don't know if I have enough patience to be like a teacher full time, but I've always said that if my son or my daughter decide to play baseball or basketball, that I did them for long enough with coaches who properly taught us form patience strategy along the way that I would love to implement what I learned to them. And to the rest of the team until they got to a place, if they continued to play, that whatever they were doing was beyond what what, uh, out of my reach or whatever I learned, you know, through my through through my years in sports. I love that. And then the second thing that you said that you were saying, I could not help but think of parenthood, which that movie's so good. But with the sort of like stressed out parents who, you know, are like super anxious and like. Come on, pick up the ball. Come on. <laughs> and then just that that the whole and then the same and the way you were describing the kids like clonking into each other and the ball sort of like drifting out from the pile of kids just rolling slowly away <laughs> reminded me too of the school play of 5-year-olds, right? When you're 5 and you're yeah. doing a school play, also in that movie mm-hmm. where, you know, everything starts going wrong and and Steve Martin is like feels like he's on the roller coaster and he's really scared because he's like oh everything's going wrong and then he looks over at his wife Mary Steenburgen and she's just loving it and is so delighted by it and is like this is life you know what I mean (laughs) that movie stuck with me so hard like that I feel like as an anxious person seeing that scene and being given the opportunity to go I also want to be that one I Mm. want that I want to you know what I mean? I want to be chill about stuff that doesn't matter. Yeah. Ultimately. It's um, hard to be it, chill such about a good stuff that metaphor. doesn't matter. It, it is hard to it's, be chill about stuff that I don't know if we've, if our generation was born into the lack of chill or if it's a societal 
endorsement with, you know, making us addicted to, uh, you know, little computers in our pockets and our purses all the time. That's enacted a lack of chill. But yeah, you know, we we definitely as a whole within our like. And I'll say our like our age range sort of demographic, it's just it's hard to be on constant chill and it's really hard for parents of young ones to be on constant chill because i and not even like bordering into the world of like helicopter parenting where you're swirling around for every opportunity to make sure they don't get that that's not what i'm talking about it's just like inevitably you're like always I'm always worried that they're going to hurt themselves in some way, shape or form. And that's, that's not even me not being chill about my stuff. That's me just not being chill about them. Then you add in the stuff that I'm already not necessarily chill about, even though (laughs) I consider myself to be a fairly chill person, but I I don't, I, I don't think we can afford to not, I don't think we can afford to just be on constant chill anymore. I mean, I don't think you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But I'm glad you brought up the sort of like, like version of yourself who is worried about stuff and then kind of how you come off to others and all that. Because obviously, you know, for just to touch on you're the worst for a second, um, you know, the thing that like I'm so honored to be a part of about that show is that despite the fact that my character is a total asshole, <laughs> um, like the sh- like people still seek me out to tell me how much the show helped mm. them and how much it meant to them and you know frequently cite both Aya's arc and your arc you know especially cuz I'm doing comic cons and stuff where I'm mm. with like this highly sensitive highly creative sweet t- tender people many of whom were bullied like I was you mm. know what I mean and so that was a show that you know, I'm sure you hear this all the time, but like, it's so lovely to hear people talk about like just how they were attached to your character and seeing his, you know, his evolution and that there were things that he's held on to because he is who he is. You know what right. I mean? Like it isn't this sort of that it was a messy show, you know, right. uh, people yeah. really appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think overall, I, I, I think I didn't really catch on to the fact early on that what that what we were doing uh, hit home so hard with so many people, regardless if they had served for our country or not speaking specifically about Edgar's storyline, but in general, like they were all such beautifully broken humans that it, it, it was, it took me a while. And I think more after the show was over to like really grasp the fact that like, Oh man, we're all sort of versions of those people like as a, as a whole. And we like dip in and out. And you, you know, I mean, I think that was like one of the, the most beautiful things that Steven always kind of had in mind. He always used to use this imagery um, whenever he was asked at like the TCA panels about, you know, the, of how he's crafting these storylines and, uh, you know, allowing this mixture of genre to happen, you know, so um, um, naturally within these characters. Yeah. And he always used to say, you know, like I'm a classically trained pianist. Right. And so if I only played the white keys, like 
that would be unfulfilling to me. And if I only concentrated on the black keys there, you know, I, I, I wouldn't get, I'm, I'm not a pianist, so I don't know exactly what, you know, what lack of tone or anything we, we, we'd be moving with, but like none of the music that I would be creating would be complete. And yeah. that's how, what I, what he always felt about humans, that they are this, and they have, we, we as a whole have this incredible ability to be so many things simultaneously at the same time. And no one yeah. really gives us the opportunity to go from one end all the way to the other and what he wanted to do with every single character and not just the four of us because you see it with you you see it with alan you see it with brandon michael smith with dare uh with Daryl brett gibson with alan maldonado you know with colette wolf's character you know all every and every single you know guest star that we had who wasn't even a major supporting throughout everyone he tried to give everyone an entire range an entire keyboard for them to play with throughout yeah. every scene and within every season and within multiple seasons which you know I, I i don't think um a lot of storytellers in general um are are given the opportunity to play in a world yeah. like that yeah. And um, I was always very grateful for that. And then at the end, you know, like anything else, you don't realize you don't 100 percent realize what you're in while you're in it until it's no longer there. And so years, a few years after now, because when when did yeah. we stop that? 2018, so 2019? I was, yeah, I think we wrapped in 2018 and then the, and then the show aired in, tw in the beginning of 2019. Right. Um, and it's just kind of, you, you know, and to, to know that so many people really latched on to the normal human imperfections that we were all dealing with, regardless if you were as <laughs> sleazy, as sleazy as you could be, or the moral compass, it did not matter. Like all, you yeah. know, every, there was something for everyone to sort of latch into and to see Absolutely. themselves in which was you know i i don't know i miss it i don't know if you can tell i miss it a little bit oh no i do too i mean yeah anything that you feel like that you that it's very addictive when when you realize that you were a part of really great storytelling and um and then the feedback after the fact is is so positive. Mm. And if it just again, it goes back to the sort of like, you know, you don't want to be a, you. You don't need to be a teacher full time. You're still enriching people's lives by, you know, reflecting back something. And we don't always get to do those kinds of shows. So mm. I, I feel the same way. And, and I'm so proud of the work that that everybody did on that show. And, and you know, I just love it. And it's been so fun to see, you know, where where it's taken everybody too, because you know you're just also wonderful um but you know and i think one of the things that i love about that show too and i mean this is like a really gross uh t like tie-in before i get into this mash game that i must play with you because i play at the end of every episode is is the is that vulnerability right like the the vulnerability of each of those characters is the thing that sort of carries you through five seasons and care and to and to carry them or to care about them you know what i mean like to even becca even becca she's like is as, as long as you realize like you look at it through the lens of like oh my god she's the woman version of a guy who never looks at his shit 
You know what I mean? Like, it's usually, like, the women characters who are, like, so, like, I'm, I, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm in touch with my feelings. And, like, I, you know, when I was, when I was a kid, unless you're, like, you know, a, a, a neurotic New Yorker uh, male character, but, like, sort of conventionally and, and in tropes in stories. But I feel like she's that. Do you know what I mean? She's yeah. somebody who's, like, I'd rather just judge other people than look at my shit. And yeah. also, I'm, like, terribly lonely, you know? Um... And each person, the way we express our insecurities. And that is what I love about looking at people's teenage years is because that is the place in which so much of that is touching adulthood, but it's still so tender. We're just raw. That's what I feel like about being a teenager is just like there's this rawness to everything that I kind of feel like you see in shows like You're the Worst. Sure. Even though they're adults, you know? And like that's like our first experience of what life is going to be like as an adult. Mm. Like when you're in that you know, teenage society, which is why so many people um, who don't necessarily a have the opportunity or B choose not to move even for a little bit of time out of, uh, out of an area in which they grew up in and only know necessarily about that. They, They don't go explore so much. And you hear so many of them say, Oh, high school was the best years of my life. And they kind of, wish that they still had you know that sort of heyday you know and, mm-hmm. and and whatever sort of confidence they have and those jolts of energy that they used to have that you know uh, kind of you know pitter pattered out like as life yeah. went yeah. on and as as and and they kind of grew as humans was because they were i i wonder if people who say high school was the best years of my life were at a different emotional stage of development than the rest of us who look Hmm. back and think like you could not pay me enough to go back through high school. Like I say it all the time, you couldn't pay me enough money to be under 30 years old again. I know. Like no, no, thank no, no, thank you. And for those out there who are listening, who are under the age of 30, enjoy your life. It's great. Do your thing. Yeah grow enjoy a thousand it. percent yeah don't 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 but the message here is guess what you 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 and should enjoy and treasure all the wonderful things that are happening right now yeah. and also don't worry about getting older yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you, even what you're feeling like even the, the amazing experience you're having now you may very well be like oh i'm like there was a bunch of shit going on there that i don't even have to deal with any or think about anymore and like that's great so if we just keep giving ourselves these gifts as we get older sure. then it doesn't then the things that you walk away from, um, it's not about being painful. It's about like the sentimentality of like, yeah, maybe I don't, maybe I can't, you know, maybe I'm not going to like win a gold medal in the Olympics like that time has passed. But, you know, <laughs> you never I also know. don't have to deal with like all of this shit that comes along with that, you know, <laughs> um, as if I, I say that as if I have any idea at all. I mean, I was so not athletic, but um uh, were you doing theater at all? And then I really will get into the Smash game. Were you? Were you? Would you get into acting as well in in high school? I can't remember. Oh yeah, no, I started. Yeah, with you that okay. Super early. I got scared because I was like, I feel like he was doing acting really early, and then I, I trapped myself in this idea of like, wait a minute, was he sports kid? And I'm totally misremembering this. No, no I, I, I was, I, I, I was able to balance both of it, but you Which know, is great. Uh, yeah. or, or multiple aspects, you know, within the theater, within the theater community and within baseball and basketball. But then after my, my dad passed when I was 15, which it threw another incredible curveball into what my overall, um, 
of, of what I remember growing up in Houston from when I was 10 till I was 18, which makes me not love that place anymore. You add course, that yeah. sort of filter into it. But after he passed and baseball was our thing, I really got out of baseball quickly. And then I got out of basketball right after that. And I focused really on acting. I knew I wanted to go to a acting conservatory like sort of atmosphere before I went into the real world. And when I was 16, um, I started auditioning for plays in and around Houston at other theaters. Um, and I got an agent and started auditioning for commercials and, you know, I didn't book any commercials then when I was that young and I did some like community theater type stuff, but, um, it was really, it was really awesome. Like I found my place with my people in society while I was still part of that high school society. So I yeah, got to kind of, huge. I got to kind of branch out and already start experiencing the real world and realize that like high school for me, wasn't going to be the end all be all that like that yeah. person that that level of insecurity or security that I felt depending on you know which hall I was walking in sure, <laughs> you know or absolutely. what or what group I was passing by at a lunch table like regardless of that I knew that I was going to be going to a rehearsal at one of these playhouses after school and that yeah. like there was real adults there who had like real working lives and were real working actors. And I knew I wanted to be like them and, you know, like yeah. absorb as much as I could from them. Um, and to, so that I could blossom, you know? And, yeah. uh, and so I was, I, I, like I said, I was, I, I was lucky in, in that aspect and, and that, and, and that respect. Um, I love that. I love that. I mean, that's the thing is like what if you can because that's the one of the most difficult things about high school is just feeling like, oh, it's like you're getting you're trying on the idea of being grown up. But in college, you know, you have more you just you can just not go to that class. Like I don't know. It just felt if you feel way more trapped in high school, like you just feel like hemmed in like, oh, I, I don't like this situation. Most kids don't go to the distance of like, I need to switch schools because mm. then it's just the devil, you know, the devil, you don't know. Then you're just worried that that's going to suck somewhere else, sure. I think. Um, and some kids do. And I've loved the conversations with people I've had where they're but where they've been like, no, no, no. I was like, this sucks. I'm going to go to a different school. Like I told my parents this. I can't I can't go here anymore and made a life for myself at this different school. And um, I never would have thought to do that. I think I would just would have been like, put your head down. Yeah. You know, just I, get you're you're in this, just get through it, you know. It's like it you know, it's like when I <laughs> when I tell my son something and he looks at looks at me and bright eyed and he you see the light click like wait, I can do that? Like that's yes. like that's an option. Yes. I would have I, I just like you would have never even thought to pursue that at that age. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. I'm Lisa Hanawalt. And I'm Emily Heller. Nine years ago, we started a podcast to try and learn something new every episode. Things have gone a little off the rails since then. <laughs> Tune in to hear about low stakes neighborhood drama, gardening, the sordid, nasty underbelly of the horse girl lifestyle, hot sauce, addiction to TV and sweaty takes on celebrity culture, and the weirdest, grossest stuff you can find on wikipedia.org. We'll read all of it no matter how gross. <laughs> There's something for everyone on our podcast, Baby Geniuses, hosted by us. 
two horny adult idiots. Hang out with us as we try and fail to retain any knowledge at all. Every other week on Maximum Fun. I got to get into this MASH game. I could talk to you for a million hours. Let's do it. Give me three places in the world that you would love to have another home mm-hmm. if we could just sort of teleport you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barcelona, Rome, Hawaii. Okay. Next one is three sports teams slash it can be a totally specific era that you would love to have like, you know, courtside seats or, you know, the best seats mm. to be able to watch a game whenever you wanted to. Um, the original three Pete Bulls, so that's uh 91, 92, 93. Um, the Lakers with um, uh, Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul Jabbar, so in the 80s, then great because I would have doubled up and also got to watch the Celtics. Um, there you which, go. <laughs> um, so you do that, and oh, 85 Bears. Great, great, great. Okay, mm. I knew you would have, like, instant answers. Um, beautiful. Okay, uh, next one, let's do three plays mm. that you, for one reason or another, probably, you may not be able to play this role for, mm. again, it might be that you've aged out of it, it might be that usually it's a gender type, um, or it could be even something that you would like to do and that could happen, but three plays that you would love to appear in if... All of that was just tossed aside, and it was just about the core of the character and mm. what you would want to bring to it. Um, the MC and Cabaret. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Lady Macbeth in Macbeth. Oh, that's that's my boy right there. I love it. I love your thinking. Um, I would love to play Mark in Rent if I could, but you know, if there's if if actual abilities out there, like. Mm-hmm. Like, let's go for Angel. I, you know, right. I mean, I, so we'll do that. Right. Angel, Great. Angel and Rent. Beautiful. Which okay. is kind of like the uh, version of the MC and Cabaret as well. Yeah. So there we go. I love it. I love it. Yeah, there's a total synchronicity there. Okay. Next one is three foods mm. that in this reality we're creating, um, there's nothing's bad for you, nothing harms the earth, nothing harms animals. All of that is just off the table. It's mm. just those things don't happen. So, and you can have as much of it as you want at the snap of your fingers, mm. um, with zero ramifications. It doesn't mean it's the only thing you eat. Just eat it whenever you want. Okay, I'll take the X-ray speculus donut from Donut Friend. Amazing. Um, I don't even know what that. Ha- what does that have on it? Oh, okay. So it's a regular glazed donut that they cut in half. They make their own speculus butter that swirls Ooh. in the middle. They dip it in a dark chocolate and then put oh, uh, no. flaky sea salt over the top. Oh, no, sir. That's yeah. amazing. Okay. Yeah. X-ray. Spe- okay. Speculous. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Um, All right. The brown butter lobster rolls at Eventide Ooh, in Portland, wonderful. Maine. While I was there shooting for a month, I went to that place almost every day. Amazing. Um, and there, I can't remember the name of the restaurant, but it's in Rome. But it made the best um, 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 amatriciana sauce that I've ever had in my life. I really don't. I mean, I really just took a wild stab on spelling. I realized I've never been asked to spell. A M A T R I. 
C I I think that's right. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. I'm very excited with my... Okay. Yeah. Um, this is great. And I was so... I love Italian food so much that I realized I was sitting on the edge of my seat. Like, I leaned in when you said a restaurant in Rome. I was like, oh, what's it going to be? Amazing. And I'm trying, okay. I'm trying Next... to think of what the pasta was. Oh, it's uh, Pacari. Okay. So, Wait, P- what's Pacari? Pa- Pacari is kind of like... Um, a, a wider version of a rigatoni so oh, okay. it's wider and it doesn't have the ripples in it it's flat got it. but it's got, got it. the entire middle so that the sauce mm. can be scooped in it so it's uh pockety p-a-c-c-h-e-r-i del d-e-l amatriciana oh my gosh okay heaven heaven yeah. all right all due respect every mash game this is a uh young person's silly game that you play in school Mm -hmm. it's got to involve crushes romance and sexy times all due respect to your beautiful wife this is an alternate universe she i don't know where i listen it's not up to me but she's not there so three people any era any age cartoons i don't care not people from a book whatever uh three people you want to have some romance or sexy times with in this alternate universe all right well it's being i i'm not going to do me necessarily from now i'm gonna do me back when i used to have more crushes in my life so this is like um when i was a little boy the very first real crush that i have was Alyssa milano and who's the boss yeah of course um then you we would have um uh marissa tomei in my cousin Vinny. yeah yeah and then why don't we just uh, go Jessica Rabbit? Great. You're not the only one. I mean, I was, I, I mean, I definitely was like, what's happening to me? But <laughs> I look at Jessica what, Rabbit. What if I had said Ursula from Little Mermaid just to really like, fuck. you know, that's a kink. That is definitely understandable. Still understandable. Like a big, like bosomy, like, you know, kind of scary, but great. Yeah. She's yeah, pretty I, fabulous. Yeah, I could, I could get, I could still get it. I would still get it. <laughs> and then a lot of arms, just a lot of arms. Yeah, <laughs> the, she, she <sighs> does, she, she wouldn't lack in in uh, sensual yeah. touching. Oh no, she certainly means. wouldn't. She no. certainly wouldn't. No. Okay, uh, okay. Next category is three alternate universe. Um, let's do alternate universe careers, or even just like mm. you know a thing that you suddenly have more time for that you can mm. become uh, very good at, or that you can sort of do as a as a as a type of uh, job. Sure, chef. Great. Um, astronaut. Great. The Pope. <laughs> Great. In my spare time. <laughs> I, I'm the Pope. It's a thing. It don't even, I don't want to get into it. I was gonna don't say, make a big thing out of it. I was going to say President of the United States because <laughs> I, I think anyone can do it now. Like at it's just, point. you know, at this point. Oh, we'll just do a raffle. Um, right. Okay. Uh, and then uh, second to last category, let's do, um, now I, I want to do it. Uh, three characters that we pull out of you're the worst mm. that you have that you're going to spend a week with oh oh 24 <laughs> 7 oh well we're we're gonna we're, we're we're definitely taking of uh vernon down the house yeah um, you are and todd robert anderson we're going oh. we're going there you know <laughs> and, and uh and let's go sh- we're taking shit stain yeah, I gotta take shit stain. Gotta take shit stain. 
and let's take PFT with us. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Fantastic. Let's take Paul. F- oh, and I, I hate that it was all men. I did not plan. I did not plan that. Oh, now I I've, totally no now no. I uh, seem listen, like a dick. No, you don't. I mean, listen. These are all like. There's a yeah. There's. I mean, it would be tough. It would be tough to pick the any of the ladies. I don't know who I would pick. I don't know who I would pick. I mean, I would pick Vernon also, um, and I would pick Sh- Shitstain also. And I, I would. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, final category. Let us do three. Let's do three uh, uh, movies that you can jump into and just be in. You're not reliving the plot. You're not actor in it. The world is real of the oh. movie that you're jumping into. We're making that world real, real for you, and you just be in it. Hang out. Forrest Gump. Great. A Clockwork Orange. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Michael Jackson's Thriller. That's technically a movie, I feel like. It's a short <laughs> it a film. Movie. Martin Scorsese directed it. So, um, it is. Is it him? No, I think it's John Landis, right? John Landis? Oh, did John Scor- Landis. Scorsese because- did bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Because I was just thinking because John Landis did American Werewolf in London, which was like, you know, he was the one. He was he did all that great. That's what everyone was like, oh, my God, how did he even do that where the whiskers are cr- coming out? So that's yeah. sort of duplicated in that. Um, OK, amazing. All right. Give me a number between one and seven. Seven. OK. While I uh, tally up, it's very scientific, very scientific, um, and eliminate these things till I have one of each that is going to uh, populate your wonderful alternate universe. Mm-hmm. Des, will you tell people like where they can find you? Um, anything that's come out recently that you would like them to see, or yeah. anything that if they haven't checked it out yet, they should. Uh, yeah. And I will do this. Well, I uh, my name is Desmond Borges. I only have one social media account now because fuck Twitter and fuck Facebook because it they it's so toxic. But you can find me over on the Instagrams at Desmond Borges. Um, I post things about what I'm doing or upcoming in there. Uh, I post things that uh, I love to remember about, like when old pictures of my amazing you're the worst cast shows up in my iPhoto um, daily thing and there's a lot of stuff about food on there because that's what makes me excited um, the first thing in the morning other than the uh, smiling faces of my two little kiddos Um, as far as other things that you could kind of catch me in um, I was I was just in HBO's The Time Traveler's Wife opposite Rose Leslie and Theo James. So you can go check that out on HBO Max if you want. Um, And I will be in a movie uh, called Shotgun Wedding with uh, Queen Jennifer Lopez, Josh Duhamel, Queen Sonia Braga, Queen Jennifer Coolidge, Queen Darcy Carden. Cheech, mm. Lenny Kravitz, Steve Coulter, Callie Hernandez. It's Shit, a, yeah. it's a, it, it's a, it's a, it's a fun movie. It's going to be a good, a good date movie where we get to mix the, um, the genres of a romantic comedy and a suspenseful heist thriller. Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh, yeah. what a cast. Yeah. What a cast. So. Um, that is very exciting. It's very easy to see you sliding into that um i have to say sonia braga oh what a badass oh 
what a complete and total badass. Like, damn. Okay. Yeah. All right. Not to just single her out, but like she's not someone that gets talked about as much as some of the other folks in that cast. But like she is a force of nature. Like she's so cool. I mean, and I'll I'll uh, I'll retract Queen. It's Empress Sonia Braga. There we go. There we go. (laughs) She she, she was amazing. And and just for a little it was it it was we shot in the Dominican Republic and we were shooting we kind of lived in different villas along one mm-hmm. side and for the longest portion 10 of us on that list lived together in this it was kind of you got anyone remember like the real world i was hoping you'd say that <laughs> all right i was hoping so you'd say that. i would wake up in the morning oh my god i come it. out of my room in this ridiculous villa overlooking the ocean ju- take a dip in the pool while oh. lenny and his little little villain, we were all in the same one, but his room, they were yeah. like st- separate houses on the same property, playing the guitar in the morning. Oh, come on. Coolidge and Darcy and Callie and Sonia Braga would already be at breakfast overlooking the water. Uh, Cheech would come down a little later and have a really Love funny it. story of some hijinks that happened once everybody went to sleep that night. And it was like <laughs> this was our life. We ate breakfast together. We I went to sh- we went to set together and then came back and had dinners together for yeah. five and a half weeks. Oh, I love that yeah. so much. That is, I want to see that movie. Yeah, that's well, your pro- you. You guys get to have that. That belongs to you. It doesn't need to belong to anyone else. Yeah. But I do want to see that movie. <laughs> I, it, it was like theater camp. It was like it was like yes, you know, uh, you know, like Wet Hot American Summer, but without all yeah. of the the I guess wet hot part. Uh huh. You know? <laughs> less horny, marginally <laughs> De- less horny. Definitely no horny, no horny. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's shacked up. Who's there? There's no. We're not getting into any titillating uh, uh, stories yeah. on that front. But no. No. Um, Okay. So I, what you just described was a slice of heaven in my eyes. However, I do also hope and feel that you will enjoy this alternate universe (laughs) life that you had. It's complicated. Let me just start out by saying it's very complicated. Why is it complicated, Janet? Well, I say to you, for the same person who can jump inside of A Clockwork Orange, which is a very brilliant, disturbing, strange, funny, cool, psychedelic, but ultimately, you know, a movie that is also like grappling with some violence and stuff um, from a satirical point of view. The fact that you're able to do that and do a little bit of moonlighting as the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> So that works great. That works great. I also love that uh, this is the same guy who can just watch the 85 Bears whenever he wants to. Um, I'm going to tell you right now who you're going to want to take to that, and that's Vernon. As long as you're going to be stuck with Vernon for a week, you're going to watch the Bears. You're going to watch the 85 the Bears. Bears. Uh, probably going to leave him at home and instead choose to take Marissa Tomei mm. to Barcelona, Ooh. where you have your second home or third home or fourth home. Um, and uh, I also want to tell you, I thought it was an interesting choice that so much of um, your Lady Macbeth involved these uh, beautiful brown butter lobster rolls on stage. A lot of people thought it was a weird choice. I loved it. 
I mean, I really thought it worked. I really thought it worked. So bravo on that. Oh, by the way, you got an apartment. So mansion, apartment, shack, house. That's MASH. Your part, it's in a beautiful apartment in Barcelona. Oh. Which, I'd... you know, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 I w- you didn't get a shack. No, thank you. didn't get a mansion. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, if we were going to take Marissa Tomei to Barcelona, a younger me and a, my cousin yeah. Vinny Marissa Tomei, if it was a shack, it would have been a love shack, right? So, like, well, that's true. It's, that's true. You it, can't lose. No. If you're in Barcelona and you're with that era, or frankly, any era, Marissa Tomei, because <laughs> what a cutie patootie. Uh, yeah, you're fine. You're right. It doesn't matter. It could be any of the above. Yeah. Um, could be a closet. Um, uh, so that is your 100% guaranteed alternate universe mash life. Wow. This has been so wonderful. I wish we would get to work on something together. Maybe. The stars will align. Let's do it. You, that, we'll be able to do it. You, you can make that happen, Janet. I don't get to. I just kind of go where they tell me to go. You, you're paving the way, <sighs> baby. I not first of all, not true. But second of all, I really would love to get a year of the worst reunion to Sketchfest. <gasps> that would be so fun. Make it happen. Okay, I'll all be right. there. Right. I will. I will be there. All right. But no, this, this is, is this shit's gonna get real. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Now, I do have one last thing. I know I keep saying this is like has more endings than Lord of the Rings. Hold on. The <laughs> last thing I'll say is I only uh, interview guys in the summer. I call it my Boys of Summer series. And I challenge you, if you know any of Don Henley's Boys of Summer, whether you rap it, try to sing it, speak song it, make up words for it, or substitute in a song that you think is a better summer song than Boys of Summer, it's a bit of a tradition. Uh, oh. uh, <laughs> these boys of summer it is not winter these boys of summer brown butter lobster roll with marissa tomei Hanging out in Spain in clockwork orange all day. <laughs> Gaslighting at night as the Pope smoking some hay. Cause these <laughs> boys of summer. <laughs> oh, you're the best. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Talk to you next it. week. See you guys. Peace. Thank you. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Hey, remember when we could save kittens from trees or lunch on skyscrapers, bring the villains to their knees. Maybe we should. Someplace new and build time machines to go and get us back. Maximumfun.org Comedy and Culture Artist Owned Audience Supported